Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Dallas, not done yet. You could say there, ah, 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 staying alive. Thanks to a heroic late game performance from Kyrie Irving. We talk about their path into the play-in shortly. Plus, the Bucks, they have officially clinched the number one seed. Is this, though, the best Bucks team we've ever seen in the Giannis era? And the Battle of L.A., yet again, it goes the Clippers' way. After the Lakers' loss, our crew on why seeding is so crucial for LeBron and company. Welcome to NBA Today. We still have so much here that is yet to be determined in the Western Conference play-in picture. Four days left in the regular season, and as you can see here, there are four teams within a game of each other at the five, six, seven, and eight seed. So buckle up, this is going to get wild. I'm Malika Andrews here alongside our senior writers, Ramona Shelburne, Brian Windhorst. We have our NBA champion analyst, Kendrick Perkins here as well. And friends, the play-in tournament, it is right around the corner and in the West the only team, there's just one that has clinched their seating. That is the Nuggets. They are at number one and the Mavericks are currently on the outside looking in but their hopes are still alive. Let's show you all how this went down last night. Ramona Shelburne, Jason Kidd there hoping that his team can keep his playoff hopes alive. We're going ahead to the fourth quarter here because Kyrie Irving put his team on his back in the fourth. Mavs down one here, goes all the way to the hoop and scores. When Kyrie's got it rolling like this, he is the best closer in basketball right now. I mean, when he gets it going clutch like this, you can't stop him. You cannot. Another look at this one. Aaron Fox loses him. The footwork, the movement, the man never stops going. And then again, spins, stays with it, stays down, fake. And over Davion Mitchell, that is not easy. No, Davion Mitchell is a great defender. And the King, they played this game. They didn't need to play this game and try to win this game, but they played trying to knock Dallas out. Kyrie Irving, he just went to work, though. While Luka Doncic was scoreless in the fourth quarter, Kyrie, 19 of his 31 points, game-high 31, were scored in the fourth. Two-point game here. Kyrie Irving all the way the other direction. Pulls up from three over Kevin Herter. That's good. That would just about be the dagger in this one. The Kings weren't quite going away, though. Once again, bang. Good to go. Beautiful pass, too. I mean, the vision. And plus, when Kyrie's got it going, just just get it to him. Find him, wherever he is. Why is he even open? Kyrie Irving and Jason Kidd spoke after the game. Take a listen. No matter what's been said outside of that locker room, that group in there has been connected and and trying to do everything to win a game. It's just sometimes, um, or some... You know, seasons, the ball bounces the other way. Um, but they've been together. They still believe that they can get in. They, We all understand what the situation is. We need a little help. Um, but we have to take care of our business, and this was part of that process. I wasn't even thinking about a loss. I, I kind of was just focused on getting the win. Uh, the energy didn't feel like we were going to lose tonight, so I didn't come in at halftime uh, worried. 
Well, it's good because the Mavs, they have now a 48% chance to make the play-in tournament, according to ESPN Analytics. They only have, though, a 9% chance to actually make it to the playoffs. Two games left to go here. Back with our whole panel. I want to start with you here, Brian. What did the Mavericks prove to you last night? That they're not giving up. You know, there was some talk earlier this week that the Mavericks might be worried about their draft pick and they might try to protect it by shutting down. Luca shot that down on Tuesday, and the rest of the team shot that down last night. Look, the, the Kings had reason to win this game. They were still not out of it for the number two seed, but they were able, and they played their whole roster last night, and Dallas just beat them. And to be honest with you, Malika, this was what the Mavericks envisioned when they traded for Kyrie Irving, the kind of star redundancy that you see from championship-level teams. Luka was not on his game at the end of this game, and Kyrie carried them home. And I'll just say this about this team. They have obviously shown that they've got some serious flaws. But last year we saw a Luka-led team be behind in the playoffs to the Suns and come back and win it. And you're not going to have to convince Kyrie Irving that his team can come back from when they're behind. I'll just take you to 2016. So I still think the Mavs got problems, but they are not done, and they are a potent team if they're at the top of their game. Mm. You know what? What I took from it, forget if they make the play-in tournament or whatever the case may be. I don't think that they're going to make it, okay? But what I do think that happened last night, and my biggest takeaway from it is that the Dallas Mavs and Mark Cuban better do everything in their power to re-sign Kyrie Irving this offseason. Because here's here's the thing. This is time for me to give Kyrie his flowers and appreciate what he brings to the table on the, uh, when it comes to the basketball court. Not only is he one of the most skilled, but he's the best closer in the game when it comes down to the fourth quarter. And I feel like we all don't give Kyrie enough credit for him being ready, meaning always in great shape. Because it's easy to do things in the first, in the second, in the third quarter. But when it comes down to the fourth, and you're able to take over the fourth quarter the way that he did last night, you have to give him his props because he's in great shape. And so when I look at what Kyrie is doing right now, he's auditioning and he's letting the Mavs know that, hey, when I'm I'm available and I step between these lines, I will not disappoint you. He hasn't disappointed really – since the time he arrived in Dallas. So that was my Bryce. That was my thing that I took away from that game last night is that with all that's being said for us, the draft picks and whatever the case may be, and, you know, my guy Mark Cuban shooting slugs at Big Perk, I don't care. <laughs> you got to do everything in your power to sign Kyrie Irving mm. this Look, offseason. If they, I think they will re-sign Kyrie Irving. I don't think there is that many teams out there that, that are going to create a market for him. And they, they, He's been great for them, and he's fit in very well for them. They feel confident about their chances there. But Brian's right. If they were going to quit, it was going to happen a couple of games ago. And they had they did have organizational meetings about whether or not Luka and Kyrie should play the, play this out. The mm. draft pick compensation. I mean, there's teams around the league going, what are the Mavs doing? Right. They might lose their pick here if they're not careful, yeah. and mm-hmm. they're playing it out. They, they went and traded for Kyrie Irving. They have Luka Doncic on their team. You have two superstars on your team, and you never know what happens when you get into the playoffs, and they, they're they well-positioned to do it, you, despite having the 23rd-ranked defense and 29th in assists per game. They have two superstars. Yeah, there's certainly plenty of aspects that are stacked against him, but 19 points in the fourth, that's the second most that Kyrie Irving has scored in a fourth quarter in a Dallas uniform. We know that he is a 
potent closer. But that's not the only thing that folks were paying attention to last night when it came to the Dallas Mavericks. You alluded to this, Perk. Mark Cuban, he spoke to reporters before last night's game in a little bit of an unofficial session. And here's what he had to say about the Mavs' frustrations and Luka's long-term future with the team. Take a listen. That's the NBA. People are going to get frustrated. The best competitors are frustrated. Dirk, when we lost, never left the season happy. You know, um, he didn't always have great chemistry every single season. That's, that's just the nature of the NBA. The players don't talk like that. You know, it's just, hey, I'm here for the next 17 years. You know, he'd like to be here the whole time, but we got to earn that. I mean, before Giannis went, everybody said, oh, where's he going? Where's he going? He's not staying. He's not staying. You know, before they, re you know, every Jokic, well, they haven't won yet. Da, 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 da. Every single player jerk before, right? There's just no player, no great player, no superstar where they don't question what are you going to do if you haven't won yet. That's really interesting, the comparisons that he's making. But yeah. essentially, Mark Cuban, Brian, <clears throat> saying that we need to earn it. We want Luka Doncic to be here. We think he wants to be here, but we need to earn it. What's your reaction to what you just heard? Well, I think Mark was probably responding to Luca's somewhat concerning comments from the day before about right. uh, what he's felt like has happened over this last year. And so I actually respect Cuban for coming out and trying to address it. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with all of his thoughts on that. You know, in the case of Luca, I'm sorry, in the case of Giannis, he actually signed his long-term extension before they won. But his point is valid, guys, that, you know, if you don't, if you're in the conference finals one year, and you're, and you're potentially out of the playoffs the next year, your superstar is going to be frustrated. And what the superstar wants is that you address the issues and try to get better for the year going forward. So without question, the ball is going to be in the Mavericks' court. Whenever they get eliminated, whether it's going to be within this week or whether it's next week in the play-in or whether it's two weeks in the playoffs, it, they're going to have to make some adjustments to fix this roster, which they've made a step forward in terms of star power, but they've taken away from in terms of a complete team that made the conference finals last year. Ramona? Well, look, Brian, you covered LeBron early in his career. This is a very similar setup to the Cavs trying to find co-stars and other players to put around LeBron. Ultimately, that didn't work here. But Luka Doncic is, is not is, – no, that's the comparison to LeBron James. There's a difference in that LeBron's teammates, the, the people – Perks, you've been one of them. He gets his teammates paid. He elevates his teammates. And yeah. thus far, we haven't seen that necessarily with Luka Doncic. Yeah. Yeah, Perk, we're going to talk about this much more a little bit later in our show, the Dallas Mavericks. There's still some more news to come out of that organization this morning yep. as well. But still to come on NBA Today, the Clippers, they continued their reign against the Lakers. We're going to show you next how important seeding is for LeBron, for AD and company. Plus, we just talked a little bit about Giannis, but it wasn't too long ago that the Milwaukee Bucks, they went on and they won a title. But the question is, is this year's team even better than that title team. Hmm, that is thought-provoking. And the Nuggets, they clinch the number one seed. But are the Suns, are they the team to beat in the West? Big Perk, Ramona, Brian Windhorst, they rank all of the Wild West. Stay tuned for that. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA Today is brought to you by Astapro Allergy. Nasal allergy relief that starts working in 30 minutes. These two teams have the exact same records were at that time of year when every game matters. Go, baby. On the night. On the night. They have lost 10 straight to the L.A. Clippers. They leave Westbrook open and he hits the three. Our game plan was for him kind of, you know, shoot the ball. And he made him. Off the steal. How alley up to Leonard Hurdle with the one-handed slam. I made an effort of trying to get down in transition and uh, he made a pass. I was going to try to finish it. Biggest game of the year, and the Clippers came to play. LeBron James and the Lakers' four-game winning streak comes to an end. It's one of the tougher, uh, toughest games we've had this year. This is one of those, uh, those scheduling conflicts, you know, in the season. And uh, definitely got the best of us tonight. So the Clippers, they are fifth in the West after last night, tied with the Warriors, but they actually have the tiebreaker there. And the Lakers, they fall all the way to seventh, and now they need to win their last two games, essentially. The Warriors also need a loss to get into that top six and avoid the play-in. And despite in the second half, Ramona, the Clippers leading by as many as 24 points. Kawhi Leonard, he played every single (laughs) minute for the first time in a decade. And you and I were both in the post-game locker room press conferences with Ty Lue, and we were talking to him about, was this the plan? The whole time when we saw the resting <laughs> yeah. for Kawhi early and he just goes, yes, ma'am, this is what we wanted to see. But I'm curious, Kendrick Perkins, what did you learn from the Clippers in their 11th straight win over the Lakers here? Well, one, it was about Russell Westbrook and how he set the tone with his pace, his shooting, his, his, his emotions, knowing he wanted to get at the Lakers. That was the first thing. But the second thing It was not only the health of Kawhi Leonard, but it's the depth of the Los Angeles Clippers. When it comes down to guys like Norman Powell, we tend to forget about them, and that's including myself. This guy is a guy that could go out there and give you 20 a night. But I thought Russ, he has fit into his role so perfect. That's the most important thing. So when I look at his stint with the Lakers, it was so many questions about Russell Westbrook can he play off the ball? And we're going to need him to play this this type of way. But when he got with the Clippers and Ty Lue, they was like, no, we need you to be Russ. We want the ball in your hands. We want you being the decision maker. Mm-hmm. We want you pushing the pace. We want you being the point guard. And now we're seeing the best version of Russell Westbrook. So it goes to show you about fit and what coaches and how a coach is going to use you. And right now I'm seeing Ty Lue work miracles and work magic, and they have a great marriage when it comes down to him and Russell Westbrook for us, their relationship and their chemistry right now. Brian? Yeah, one of the things that the Clippers have that really few teams can match is what Perk mentioned, their depth. You know, this is a roster that, when you include luxury taxes, costs over $350 million, and what they get for that is firepower. And that's what happened in this game. Norm Powell... You know, he knew that the Lakers were probably going to be sluggish coming off a long road trip. And when he came into the game, he changed the game. 
He was absolutely attacking, totally moving at a different speed, and it is a luxury to have a player like Norm Powell. Ultimately, I think the Clippers will be limited to as high as their stars can lift them. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's health, their ceiling is where they can go. Mm -hmm. But the reason that the Clippers have a margin for error, the reason that we are at this point in the season and they're still holding on to that fifth seed with everything that's happened is because of that depth. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is able to play 43 mm. minutes in a game yeah. and every yes. single minute of that second half. I mean, yeah. He hasn't done that since the 2013 finals to play the, the entire second half. And, and we were at this game. Like, Kawhi only had 25 points. I thought Jared Vanderbilt did a really good job on him defensively. They made him work for it. They had to leave him out there for every minute of that second half because the Lakers did make a run yeah. in the second half. LeBron had 30 after right. having just three in the first half. But this was essentially a line change, okay? Russ and Eric Gordon started the game. Russ got him off to a good start. Eric Gordon got him off to a good start. But Russ only played 21 minutes in this game. Mm -hmm. In the second half, it was Bones, Highland, and Norm Powell. When you have a roster that has that much flexibility to say, okay, you know, Kawhi, can, if he can give you 43 minutes mm -hmm. and then you can just swap out two guards and play two different guards in the second half, that's a luxury. It's also, by the way, as LeBron pointed out, the, the, tough the, very tough schedule. Tough schedule. Clippers had three days off before right. this game. The Lakers are coming uh, uh, up with yeah, five games. We're we not about to make no excuses. We're not making excuses. I mean, when you look at the takeaway from this one, when Zubats has a double-double, it yeah. is really hard but to beat the Clippers. The question is, who can night in and night out, considering Paul George, if he's yeah. back, be their third consecutive, be their third consistent, rather, score? And last night it was Norm Powell. They got a little bit of a sprinkle from Russell Westbrook early that absolutely set the tone. But that's the question. Who are the waves that are going to come in? And that's what they proved last night. Just, Brian, real quick on this. The Lakers, last night, they controlled their own destiny, right, for the five seed. But now they need a little bit of help to avoid the play-in. Should they be looking at jockeying for seeding here? How important is that to them? <laughs> Absolutely. The difference between uh, five and, and seven, which is what they're looking at, is huge. Okay, for everybody who's lamenting the Laker fans, the schedule, it comes right back to you because you get the Suns tomorrow <laughs> on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. The Suns are going to play everybody tonight in Denver. It looks like Denver, they have four of their starters as listed as questionable. I don't know who they're going to play. But there's a possibility with Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton coming off of injuries that the Suns might not play everybody tomorrow. Mm. So that's a big one. Mm. But then if you're in the NBA West, you got to pay attention to maybe the biggest game still on the schedule. That is tomorrow night in Sacramento. Yep. Warriors at Kings. If the Warriors win that game, they are in very good position considering their last game was against the tanking Blazers. I think it's all, it's something like high 90% if they win that game that they're going to be out of the play-in and likely in the sixth seed. Mm. If they lose that game, they're then ticketed possibly for the play-in if the Lakers can get that victory over the Suns. So a huge game for the Warriors. I would say the biggest game the Warriors have played all year in wow. Sacramento yeah. on Friday. The difference between maybe being seven oh. and six and a huge ramifications for the Lakers, too. Enormous ramifications. And we know Steve Kerr has ruled Andrew Wiggins out for those last two games of the regular season. we got to keep it pushing. Perk, I do want to pivot, though, before we go to a team that the Lakers would currently match up against in the play-in tournament. The Pelicans, they hosted the Grizzlies last night and almost made the bad kind of history. No John Morant, but entering last night, teams were oh and over 17,000 when trailing by six or more points in the final five seconds. And then this happened. So Tyus Jones swings it out to Dylan Brooks, makes the three, and gets fouled. Time and score, my friends. So Dylan Brooks heads to the free throw line. Three-point game at this point. Pelicans looking to inbound. Oh, no. An offensive foul was called. Look at B.I.'s face. He knows how detrimental this can be. 
Desmond Bain bringing the ball up, goes up for three, down by three. It doesn't remain, but he's fouled on the play. He is fouled on the play. So he makes the first one. He says, okay, should I miss the second? This yes, never works. And yet, except that it did. Larry Nance Jr. called for a foul on Jaron Jackson Jr. Let's look at it one more time. I mean, this, every coach should take this clip and say, this is how you do the missed free throw. Front of the rim, soft rebound. Loudest got to get Jaron Jackson Jr. gets that rebound. Wow. Thankfully for Pelicans fans, Trey Murphy and the Pelicans took care of business in overtime, avoided disaster there. They get the win, 138-131. After the loss, though, the, the Grizzlies, their magic number to clinch. It is just two. For the two seed, it remains at one. So if they beat either the Bucks or the Thunder, right. or the Kings drop that game to the Warriors, then that would lock them in, and they would face, uh, Memphis will face the number seven seed in the first round. So regardless of their opponent, Memphis has been a little bit up and down lately. Yeah. How important is it for them to find some momentum here? You know what, it's interesting with Memphis, because they've played so many games without John Morant. That it's not that shocking that they were that yesterday that they were in this game all the way to the end here, and I, yeah. they they do still they have to hold off Sacramento and hold on to this two seed. But what does the two seed get you? Maybe the Lakers, right? <laughs> is, is that a reward? Maybe yeah. the Lakers or the Pelicans again. It depends on who ends up being the seven seed. Maybe it could be the Warriors. And so I think you can't get too cute. You have to try to win these games here. The Bucks have already clinched. Uh, the Thunder could be in. That could still be a meaningful game there in that last one. I say that all the time. I'm putting effort in something. You know what? Don't be too cute. I know. Don't Let's get just, too cute. Don't get too cute. Let's just keep going. <laughs> just do a good enough job. Don't get cute. Try to jockey with seeding because obviously sometimes we see that go very, yep. very poorly. They're two and three in the last five games since John Morant returned. They are trying to win their first title this group is. But you know who knows a little something about winning titles? Someone named Giannis Attentacumpo. But the thing is, is this year's supporting cast the best that he's ever had? So our crew's going to weigh in on whether this is Milwaukee's best. Cheers. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back. So we finally got some clarity. I mean, in the Eastern Conference, the yeah. one through five seeds, they are secure, they are set, and here's what they look like. The Knicks, they clinched the five spot after beating the Pacers. Emmanuel quickly, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin all scored over 30. The third time in franchise history, three Knicks score 30 in the same game. And ooh-wee, they're going to face the fourth-seeded Cavaliers in the first round. Cleveland has the best defense in the league. Donovan Mitchell has been playing just on another planet, scoring 40 or more in each of the last four games. And 
And then we get to, we'll call it the top of the East here. The 76ers, they are locked and loaded into the third seed. They are led by MVP favorite Joel Embiid. He is leading the league in points. They also have the league leader in assists, Mr. James Harden. But you can't forget about the Boston Celtics. They will be the two seed. They will face off against whoever wins that 7-8 seed play-in game. The Celtics beat the Raptors last night in their first win of the season when scoring under 100 points. And that brings us to the top, the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the Bulls yesterday, clinched the top seed in the East along with the best record in the entire NBA. So you know what that means. It means that Milwaukee will have home court advantage in every round of the playoffs. Yes, all the way through the finals here. So that brings us to this. Obviously, it wasn't that long ago that Giannis and company, they hoisted the Larry O'Brien trophy. But this year's squad, Giannis is averaging career highs, better numbers than he was that year. So when you look at his supporting cast, Brian, is this the best one that he has ever had? It's a fair question. I mean, it, the thing is, Middleton hasn't been at his best all year because mm. he's been dealing with the knee issue and also the early season wrist recovery. But Drew Holiday's probably never had a better season in his career. And yeah. he's 13, 14 years in. I've almost never seen that. And Brooke Lopez is terrific. Uh, Brooke yeah. Lopez has arguably had his best season as a Buck this year. I mean, Drew Holiday has a real claim to being on the All-NBA team. And you're talking about Giannis yep. with an All-NBA teammate? That's not something that's happened before. So that is a compelling reason why you think that this is the best Bucks team. But I think the most important part is that they could get better. Because if Middleton hits the same level he did in the 2021 playoffs, they definitely will be a better team than they were that year. Mm. I mean, to me, the, the Bucks are the new Spurs. Okay, they're, they're really good. They have the same core, and they just get better consistent. every single year. Yeah. They're so consistent. And this is a year where Giannis has missed 18 games. Middleton's missed, like, 50 games with injuries. And as Brian said, Drew Holiday really does have an all-NBA case this year. Since the All-Star break, he's averaging 19 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds a game, and shooting 53% from the field. So, while those guys have been out injured, Drew Holiday has been carrying this team. Yeah. And you couldn't say that back in 2021 when they even won the title. Perk? Yes, this is the best. This is the best team's best supporting cast that Giannis has had around him. Even from when they won the championship, and we can harp on Brook Lopez. He looks. He finally looks healthy. He's playing some of his best basketball. Same with Drew Holiday. Yeah. But let's look at the others, right? Bobby Portis is giving you around what fourteen and nine off the bench. Javon Carter has had some big games this season and has been consistent. And I believe he's going to be in the rotation coming this postseason because he's earned the trust of Coach Bud. And then mm -hmm. when I look at another guy like Joe Ingles and when you watch Jay Crowder, they are so deep at every position. They're not lacking at anything. They have the toughness. They have the identity. They're on the mission. And here's the thing. They have the togetherness. Yeah. When you see a team that form together at half court, like it's a different type of chemistry. It's a different type of vibe. And I have to give a lot of credit to Giannis Antetokounmpo because when you punch in the clock the way that he do, when you take the game serious and love the game the way that you do, it's a ripple effect on others. And that's why you're seeing the best version 
of his teammates is because he set the tone for that organization. Yeah, he absolutely has. He was averaging, what, 28 points per game when they won a championship, 31 points per game this year. But, Brian, you'll, you'll, you'll remember this. Eric Name wrote an article earlier this year that what I'm looking at isn't so much the points that the others are contributing, that this team is contributing, even though that they're, they're, mm-hmm. Giannis is offensively dominant. This is a great team. Brooke Lopez obviously scores in a way that really no other true center in the NBA does. Mm-hmm. But what I'm looking at is they were ninth in defense the year that they won the title their second this year and remember how they were just cool with letting everyone shoot threes against them like that was just something that they were fine with they just said okay beat us on threes we're gonna that's what you're gonna do well this year they were so they were dead last in threes allowed that year when they won this year they are they ranked ninth in threes allowed per game. So second in defense and ninth in threes allowed. They completely changed their defensive scheme. So it seems like they looked around. They saw what other title contenders. They didn't have to go through the Warriors that year. They didn't have to go through a Phoenix Suns team that is offensively electric like that. Or they had to go through a Phoenix Suns team that was offensively electric like that, but not a three-point dominant team in the same way. They completely changed all of that. And so to me, I'm looking at that and thinking, that's why I feel pretty good about Milwaukee having a good chance to be the team that represents the Eastern Conference. But the 76ers, they're going to be looking to do that as well. They host the Miami Heat. Philly's looking to win the season series. They split the first two matchups with Miami. The Sixers also looking to build a little bit of momentum, right, that they need to head into this postseason. And Miami is looking to climb it all the way up into the sixth seed. As of right now, they're seventh and headed for that play-in spot. But the Heat, they would clinch a division title with a win, but a loss would lock them into the play-in spot. And the Nets, they would climb up to the sixth seed. Got that? All right, remember the Sixers. They are third in the East, so they will face whoever it is that drops to six. So, Perk, how important is it for Philly to avoid that first-round matchup with Miami? Well, I think it goes both ways, but it's very important for Philly to avoid that. If I'm Philly, I'm coming out and I'm trying to win this game by all means necessary. And there's no disrespect to the Brooklyn Nets, I believe, you know, the way that Mikael Bridges and those guys have been falling, you still don't want to face the Eric Spolster and Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy Butler in the first round. But I will say this, if I'm the Miami Heat, I might be looking at it and saying, you know what? I might not want to face Philly in the first round. I might want to face somebody else. I might like my chances. Because here's the thing, right? The way that Joel Embiid has been playing, seriously, the way that Joel Embiid has been playing of late, no disrespect to Bam, I believe he's a hell of a defender. But they're going to have problems with him. And we saw what Jimmy and the Miami Heat did when it came down to playing the Celtics last year. He was a one three-point shot away from actually sending the Celtics home. So the Miami Heat are real comfortable, and I think it's a better matchup for the Miami Heat to go against the Boston Celtics than it is the Philadelphia 76ers, in my opinion. But if I'm Philly, I'm trying to do everything in my power to win that game tonight just so I can play the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. There's no disrespect. You just right. want to be smart about your move. But what was the what was the motto, Ramona? That we were uh, don't get too cute. Don't get too cute. You can't. Nicole get Bridge t- is going to have something to say about too that. Cute uh-huh. at this time yeah. of year. Don't get well, too. I, I, you want the I, Brooklyn I, Nets? I don't okay. Get cute. I get handsome. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you I don't do, get Kendrick. Cute, I get handsome. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> earlier today. We saw, we showed you Kyrie Irving putting on a show. He put his team on his back, but will he be back in Dallas next year? More from Mark Cuban about that and so much more in just a little bit. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rio Grande Valley beat the Delaware Blue Coats to win the championship last year. Game one of this NBA G League final. Blue Coats coming the other way. Charlie Brown behind the back. Oh, the monster slam. Beckwith with the Scott hook on that. Wait a minute. Give me that throwback, Mac McClung. Springer straight on. Bang, bang. Springer, a career high, 43 points. McClung with 35. My goodness. Game one of this NBA G League Finals goes to the Delaware Blue Coats. Welcome back to NBA Today. So this G League season in playoffs, it has been so much far. If you have not seen it, you are missing out. And for much more, we are joined by G League President Sharif Abdur-Rahim. Sharif, thank you so much for joining us once again here on NBA Today. And game two of the finals, it is tonight. And the Delaware Bluecoats, they can close out the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. So for our audience who maybe has not seen as much of the G League action this year, what do you think has been the most exciting matchup in this series? Yeah, Malika, good to, great to be with you. Um, it's, it's an exciting matchup. I think, one, just the, the two teams, we're running it back from from last year. So, rematch from last year, Delaware and, and the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Um, Delaware actually has been in the, our G League Finals three straight year, years, and they're going for their first um, G League championship, whereas the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, they're going for back-to-back and um, their fifth G League championships. I, I I think the matchup of the teams having the opportunity to, to kind of rematch from last year. Mm. And then, of course, you know, Matt McClung and Ty Ty Washington, um, McClung with the Delaware Blue Coast, Ty Ty with the Rio Grande Valley Vipers is, is an exciting matchup. But the, the two teams, you know, rematching from last year is is the matchup, I would say, to look at. Yeah, you mentioned Delaware's Mac McClung, and, and our audience is very familiar with him because he was electric in the dunk contest this year. How do you think his performance that night in Salt Lake City, how did that boost the interest in the league as a whole? Well, it's been great. I think, the, you know, it's, for him, it's, it's been wonderful just the following um, for him since the dunk contest, but us as a league, um, you know, locally there in Delaware, you know, ticket sales and attendance, um, went up, you know, after the dunk contest, and then just all the excitement around him it has been a great thing for for the league and you know for our finals and, and well well deserved. And I think you know what's been nice for him, he's played fantastic. He's a, you know obviously an electric dunker, but he's played fantastic. You saw him the other night, um, close to 40 points in game one of the finals, and you know he had you see his stats here on the on the screen. He's just having an outstanding season. I, I certainly hope we get to see him in another dunk contest because he was just so great at elevating the entire night. Uh, a player, though, that I do want to focus in on, not necessarily playing in the finals, but is a big name, Scoot Henderson. You played in the NBA for 12 seasons. So what did you see from him this year that you think can translate into the NBA draft, into the NBA game? Because right now he's slated to go second overall. You know what you see, you know, obviously dynamic speed, um, side size of um, athleticism. I think where he really grew, he, he was with us. Uh, he did make a night for two seasons 
And what you saw him really grow is from you know the physical aspect of him being dynamic, and then this year just being you know really efficient in his playmaking, helping others um, with their game and getting others involved and moving the ball. And then he's just an outstanding person, outstanding kid, great family. Um, you know, he's just a one a wonder to be around and great for us to be able to have him for two seasons in the G League. And he's going to do really fantastic wherever he goes in the NBA. I want to bring in my friend Kendrick Perkins because he actually played in the G League, and I know he has a question for you. Not only in the G League, uh, Malika, but I got some buckets from Sharif as well. He <laughs> served me a few buckets as well. But listen, so look, I played in the G League, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me, one of the most humblest things that, that ever happened to me. And I remember practicing in the church and the uh, 12, 16-hour bus rides and things to that nature. I just want to know, can you talk about the evolution of it now and how much more like uh, is put into the G League and things to that nature, the more money and how guys are getting treated a lot better than when, when I was in the G League? Yeah, well, I think our league has, has really grown and has been a product of more NBA teams investing in their G League team, integrating with their, their, their G League teams. We're 30 teams now, 28 of them owned or operated by NBA teams. And with that has, you know, increased the, the resources. Obviously, teams have seen the benefit of being able to develop players in the G League. They had 15, half of the first round from this past draft, from the 22 draft, playing in the G League this year. You know, everyone knows the stats, over 50% of the NBA players with G League experience. So just that that integration six NBA head coaches now with G League experience, so not just players. So with that integration, I think teams have invested more. The quality of life for our mm. players um, have continued to grow. Our players have unionized, so the partnership with players continues to grow, and they continue to push for more um, you know, increase of, of living and, and, and wages. So all of those factors, Kirk, I think, you know, factor into us continuing to grow in the league and be a place where players can continue to chase their dreams playing in the NBA. I love that. And it was fun to see some of that footage of you, Perk, uh, playing in the G League. Sharif, thank you so much. I, I was we putting in that work. We saw it. I caught a couple forearms from Perk. Yeah. To get through the lane. It's all right. Me too. So <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense. Sharif, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Game two of the finals is at 830 Appreciate Eastern it. on ESPN News. And the 27th annual WNBA draft is Monday night. ESPN and the app, the Indiana Fever, they have the first overall pick. The Minnesota Lynx, the Dallas Wings. Our coverage begins at 7 Eastern from New York City. So the Cubs on NBA Today. The Nuggets, they have secured the number one seed. But some of our panelists are prepared to say that the West goes through this man. You know his name, Kevin Durant. Welcome back. So today, the NBA denied the Mavericks protest of their 127-125 loss to the Warriors. That was on March 22nd. Now, the protest, it asserted that the officials did not properly administer an out-of-bounds call and then a subsequent throw-in that was followed by an uncontested basket by the Warriors. The NBA concluded that although officials could have taken better steps to manage the situation, it did not provide a basis for upholding a game protest. But let's go to last night because Kyrie Irving, he was cooked especially in the fourth quarter where he scored 19 of his 31 points. The Mavs, they kept their postseason hopes alive as they moved into a tie with the Thunder for the 10th seed in the West. But 
OKC holds the tiebreaker. So Dallas does need a little bit of help here to get into the play-in tournament. So for much more on the Mavs, we are joined by our NBA reporter, Tim McMahon. Tim, earlier in the show, we ran some sound from Mark Cuban, but you were actually there. You were speaking with him. What stood out to you? Well, obviously he wanted to discuss exactly what went wrong with Jalen Brunson, but he also wanted to talk about trying to actually re-sign their second leading scorer this summer instead yep. of losing him for nothing. Novel concept. He said Kyrie Irving is the Mavericks' top priority this summer. I said, can you be outbid? Because the Mavericks do have his bird rights. They can offer a longer deal. They can offer more money. Can they be outbid? Cuban said, I don't know. I guess there's always too high of a price, depending. Then he started to talk about the new CBA, the challenges of building a roster. I know this about Kyrie Irving. He felt disrespected by the Brooklyn Nets mm. in the contract negotiations. Uh, I asked Cuban, hey, is Kyrie a max player? He says, I'm not going to negotiate with you. Well, he will negotiate with Kyrie, and I'm pretty sure I know what Kyrie's answer to that question would be. Right. Well, you mentioned Jalen Brunson. They did have the opportunity to re-sign him. They didn't. What did Cuban say, though, about how all of that unfolded? Uh, basically, blame Rick Brunson, Jalen's father, uh, that negotiations were fine until Rick Brunson got involved. Now, he's disputing. I reported this last year when Rick Brunson went on the record during the playoffs and he said, hey, we went to the Mavericks in early January and said, if you put that four-year, $56 million extension, which is the most they could offer, on the table, we will sign it. Cuban is disputing that. He's showing text messages from his GM, Nico Harrison, from later that month, from uh, Brunson's lead agent, Aaron Mintz. But the simple fact of the matter is this. The Mavericks, going into last season, nobody's disputing they could have signed Brunson to a $56 million extension. Uh, now, what Cuban's also saying is they didn't have a chance to try to outbid the Knicks. They were never given a number. Dude, that's revisionist history. The number was reported days mm. before free agency actually opened. That's why the Knicks got hit with a tampering charge. The Mavericks decided that they were going to draw the line at, quote, Fred Van Vliet money, about five years, $105 million. Jane Brunson's going to turn down four for 104, a chance to go right. uh, play for the, the staff that just hired his dad. And by the way, have a bigger role that he's thriving in in New York? No, it was never a difficult decision. Cuban says the money wouldn't have been a matter and Brunson was gone no matter what. Obviously, he wanted to get that off of his chest. I know this. Jalen Brunson's happy in New York. He got a bigger role. He got more money. He's thriving. The Knicks are thriving. And I'm pretty sure Rick Brunson's willing to take the blame for Jalen being in that situation. Right. And all of this comes on the heel of Luka Doncic expressing that he does miss Jalen Brunson. And it's hard not to when you look and see how he is playing in New York, what they have elevated to with him in that team. Tim McMahon, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today, partner. I appreciate you. All right. We're going to keep it in the West here. Coming up on NBA Today, we have some absolute mega stars that we're going to discuss. Jokic, Durant, whose team our panel trusts more come playoff time? That's coming up in just 60 seconds. I enjoy just waking up and getting to do this, but I know what's on our backs. Talk about pressure. This championship is rough. You got to win this shit. I know how significant a championship is to a city. And I've been a part of two of those. Kevin Durant delivers. Back to back. 
NBA championships. Two of them. I'm looking forward to getting back on that road to try to do it again. There's always pressure because I'm one of the best players to ever play the game. Pull up jumper. Durant got it. So every time I step on the floor, people are going to expect me to do great things. And the team, I'm going to do great things. Durant thrills the three. This fan base is looking forward to cheering for a winner. If they're looking forward to cheering for a winner, it appears they've got one because the Suns are 7-0 with KD in the lineup. And maybe even more impressively, KD has won 24 of the last 26 games he's played. That goes all the way back to his Brooklyn days. So we talk a lot about the Suns being potentially the most dominant team, the scariest team in the West when they're healthy. But the Nuggets, they have locked up the number one seed. So, Brian, who is more dangerous here, the Suns or the Nuggets? Yeah, I'm going to go back even further, Malika. He's Please. lost three times since Thanksgiving. Jeez, okay? Three times since Thanksgiving when Kevin Durant has played. Wow. You've got to beat him four times in a series, right? <laughs> so it's, I think that the Nuggets are obviously in a much better position than they've been the last few years. This is the most potent team the Nuggets have maybe ever had in their franchise history. It's the first time they've ever been the number one seed. But I have to look at that record, look at the potency of the frontline Suns talent. Devin Booker is playing some of the best basketball he's played in his career since he came back from injury after the All-Star break. I have to say the Suns without trying to throw shade at Denver. Mm. Park? I mean, let's just bring up the word trust. Who do you trust more, Jokic or KD? I would say we all trust KD. Who do you trust more, Murray or Devin Booker? I think uh. we all would say D-Book. Okay, then when you look at the rest of the roster and the other complementary players, would you rather have DeAndre Ayton? Do you trust him more than Aaron Gordon? I think DeAndre Ayton. Do you trust the agent CP3 over Reggie Jackson? Yes, I do. So I give all the the I give that side to KD and the Suns. I just think when you look at the Denver Nuggets, they have so many flaws defensively. Mm. And when you're this late into the season and your coach is questioning your toughness, then he's calling you soft. That is a problem because there's no soft basketball when it comes to the postseason. So when I look at KD, when he's healthy, we know that he's a walking bucket. Yeah. We know that Devin Booker has been playing some of the best basketball in the Western Conference. They're the more dangerous team. They're way more, way more dangerous than the Denver Nuggets. And they're not the only team. That's but, more dangerous but you named four guys on the, the on the Suns. Conference. The issue is what comes after those top four guys on the Suns. And for me, is the Denver Nuggets superior depth. I mean, I think this is a better team they had than when they went to the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. This is a, a deeper team. KCP with Brown. With, I mean, this is a really good Denver Nuggets team. It's just a question of can they extend a series to where yeah. their depth matters. I think Mike Brown is, is the favorite for Coach of the Year, in my opinion. But yeah. Michael Malone should be in the discussion with what he's done. Mm. We talked about consistency of the Bucks. He Absolutely. has brought that consistency as well. Brian, Perk, thank you so much. I do want to pivot here in yeah. the Western Conference still. Uh, the Jazz, the Utah Jazz, they are on the outside of the play and looking in. They still have a chance to get in, but Ramona, you yeah. had a really interesting story this yeah. morning on ESPN.com about Lowry Markkanen. Tell me more. So, all men in Finland have a mandatory military service, and you have to do it by the time you're 30. So, we've seen this with other Finnish athletes uh, in, in hockey or, or in other sports, in biathlon or in Olympic sports, but 
for an NBA basketball player who's an all-star this yeah. year to report to the Finnish military. And, and Larry has said, I've always wanted to do this. There's a, it's a, just been a question of when he was going to have time in the offseason to do it. He's doing it this year. If the, if, the, if the Jazz season ends after this, the next couple of games here, April 17th, he'll be at an institute in, in, in Helsinki training, doing basic training. Wow. And they're one and a half games right now yeah. out of the 10 spots. They could still be in the play-in tournament. But it is a fascinating story. Yeah. I encourage everyone to check it out on ESPN.com right now. Thank you so much for watching NBA Today. That is going to do it for us today. We will see you tomorrow. Happy Passover. And until then.